Attention, the movie guys love movies. Any comments about a saga involving a bunch of pirates, a skipper, and the fate of an entire crew are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Pittsburgh? The Buckos win it! Raise the Jolly Roger! He's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> course the pirates play their elimination game tonight so by the time this podcast goes out on the air will they still be playing baseball hey we'd like to still be fooled we'd like to congratulate the uh, on (laughs) their division (laughs) win (laughs) that was a sports congratulations al jolson (laughs) (laughs) what was the quick little thing at the end of that soundbite savvy that was uh johnny depp captain jack captain jack savvy 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 buck up me hotties yo ho I yes, I wasn't paying enough. All attention. kinds of pirates. I know different Who pirates. They were that popular. We didn't even have time to do a, a Napster drop. I predict. <laughs> <laughs> I predict uh, they will be the new in vogue after zombies. Everyone's gonna be when's the pirate apocalypse? Well, the pirates are kind of sexy oh, too yeah. because they're so skinny. It's definitely perfect for the yeah. Twilight crowd. They love the one eye. Mm. The one eye, as I call it. You ever see Amazon? One eye. You ever see Amazon <laughs> Women on the Moon? I have. I say I quote this line all the time from that movie. You know, every once in a while, a movie will come along that is unquotable. But, no, but you <laughs> quote it, and you're the only one who does. Yeah, you're yeah. the only one. It was a scene where these pirates are at sea, and they're they're they, the huge boat. They got the full black beard outfits. They all look like Captain Morgan. They're just sailing at sea, and it turns out they're video pirates. Of course, it was an '80s movie. Uh huh. And so they they dub movies illegally, uh. and they all gather around the TV, and it's the FBI warning comes on, and one of the pirates just goes, "Oh, I'm so scared!" <laughs> ah, and they all like yell and scream, can, and can I, I just. Oh, I'm so, so scared. That's Can my I, quote from, you know, from that I, movie. I have a gr- I have a story I, t- I tell every once in a while, which is I had there is a movie that I literally only I quote, and I even quoted it to the only other person who was in the room, and he didn't remember it. So now I'm the only person. That, when when I worked for a video store, and I'm sure you remember this, they give you these uh, tapes that that would be the free screeners, so you would watch this, and most of them were absolute bullshit. Like you'd never, and then the manager would take the really good movies that came on the screeners and take them to their house. <laughs> yeah. But you would get uh, uh, in the, real the, men. There there was a right? yeah, John Ritter and James Belushi, or <laughs> far worse than that, prototype, some oh, sci-fi, yeah, you know. Yeah, sort of, but along the bottom, it would say, "If you have received this, if you have been sold this copy, please call this number." You know, it's it's illegal to sell this copy or you know exchange it or whatever. It would it would come along maybe 10, 15 times throughout the movie, and it would have a, have a little thing. You know, there was a movie, uh, an Eric Roberts movie called Cracker Jack, and and the, <laughs> uh, the, of course there is and the big th- and he was and it's Die Hard in a something right. Right, right all right but it's Eric Roberts convenience store and, and, <laughs> day <yeah>, spa <laughs> Die Hard day in a day spa, spa. <laughs> Die Hard on the one hundred five but. And and their their contest on this one was because because sometimes people wouldn't watch these. Obviously, you're not really m- most of the crappy ones you don't watch. To get you to watch it, they would they put that there was a contest, and at various points in the movie, you had to watch the movie, and then you would write down what they would say, and then you mail it in, and you get a free Cracker Jack T-shirt. Like, oh great, of course, <laughs> I'm gonna watch the whole thing so I can get my Cracker Jack T-shirt. Now to this day, because of this story, I wish I had a Cracker Jack T-shirt. Right. <laughs> every time, and I watched this with a roommate of mine at the time. Every time Cracker Jack would beat up a bad guy, an announcer would come on and go, good for Cracker Jack. Now write down this number and mail it in. <laughs> like five times in the movie when Eric Roberts beat someone up, this guy came in and goes, good for Cracker Jack. 
And so now, from ever since then, when you say "good for you," uh, my my response is, "Oh, good for Cracker Jack." But that literally, <laughs> it's not even in the real Cracker Jack movie. Right. Like if you <laughs> saw it, it's only in the screener anyway. But it's such a deep, thick, full reference for you. Yeah, and good nobody for, else. Good for Cracker Jack. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got to go find that copy of that. Well, now hopefully we have an audience and that can be uh, uh, passed on. We'll make our own Cracker Jack t-shirt. Yeah, absolutely. Good yeah. for Cracker Jack. Uh, well, hey, welcome to the movie showcast, everybody. Uh, part of the vast, in- but wait, actually one more. Our friend Corrado. Uh, <laughs> no. Before we start the show. the movie Wise Guys. You ever seen the movie Wise Guys? Danny DeVito, Joe Piscopo? I know of it. Exactly. It's, it's the reason Goodfellas couldn't be called Wise Guys. Oh, is that oh, right? Yeah. the book is called Wise Guys. Oh, my, you're anyway, right. Go ahead. I haven't right. seen the movie, but I saw the poster. Go on. Exactly. Yes. But this is a movie Corrado will quote to the end of the world. <laughs> You know, uh, Lou Albano's in it, <gasps> and he's leading the mob, Mark and they're going into the they captain. Gotta, they got to get in. Yes, captain. exactly. They got to get into if a before hotel. Before he was ranked captain. Oh my god, I'll do this with <laughs> you, Lieutenant Lou Albano. <laughs> yes. All right. When he died, he was a general. I'll do the, the hotel guy. You can do the line. Okay, so this is the dialogue when they're trying to get into the hotel. Um, Are you a guest of this hotel? I'm a guest of your ass, and they go in the hotel. <laughs> and Corrado, till the end of time. Oh, I'm a guest of your ass. <laughs> he just says that all the time. And now here's the thing that's great is I've never seen the movie. Just now realized that was from a movie. I know the quote because Corrado said it that's so great. many times that I know how to set you up for it. Uh, uh, wait, hey, wait on a second. Paul, you were oh, saying? Yes, oh, Paul. Wait, I'm saying, uh, uh, let's see. if I You got to drop something about the movie, guys, show. Welcome to the Movie Showcast, there everybody. <laughs> Part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire. And we're starting. Pretty pleased with sugar on top. Clean the fucking car. <laughs> You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with rants, sketches, previews, characters, jokes, bits, special guests, and more. You can expect that in the next hour or so as we broadcast from the Admirals Club with hundreds of thousands of happy travelers passing overhead. And frequently, <laughs> you just heard one. Catch us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and if you want to see what we're up to in the studio, we're on YouTube as well. Search the Movie Showcast or the Movie Guys, we come right up. And don't forget, we uh, are also available on badtomato.fm Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern. If you like what you hear on the showcast, please subscribe, tell your friends, share, like posts and videos and all that stuff at the Movie Guys on Twitter and on Facebook and YouTube, wherever you find us. Um, it's a plethora of options. Please share, yes. <laughs> now, my name is Paul Preston. I am your host here as ever with Lee Caius, Adam Witt, and Karen Volpe. Adam, Karen, and I will be joined later in the studio by our special guest, actress, comedian, and writer Kristen Studdard. Mm. And as ever, we will Love bring you our signature Studdard. previews of what's opening this weekend in theaters. Two major releases and some limited stuff is coming out this week. Uh, first up, we'll talk about Tom Hanks in the first pirate film in a decade not produced by Jerry Bruckheimer, yeah. Captain Phillips. <laughs> and later in the show, it's Girls, Guns, and Gaga. This machete. Trained to kill. Love that announcer. for dead. Left for dead. Back for more. Back for more. Taco time. Taco time. <laughs> That's of course is Machete Kills. No movie will take itself less seriously <laughs> than Machete Kills. Machete I kills. think for the next year, full year, I think. Yeah, from uh, over the topness to casting <sighs> to titles to dialogue, it's all. Just it's just goofy. that movie's just having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> More fun than he had back when he made The Faculty. Oh yeah, yeah, glad yeah. He yeah. found his way. <laughs> oh yeah, know, Robert as, Rodriguez. As soon as he found a HD and like lightweight cameras and being able to shoot like even cheaper than uh, you know El Mariachi. Yeah, <laughs> this one as well scored and I believe co-edited by Rodriguez. Oh, of course, yeah, it's a one-man band yeah. like that Alfonso Cuarón. Yet different 
<laughs> very different. I just saw gravity. I'm guessing very different. Yeah, very different. Very different. <laughs> Uh, now, before we get... Oh, Adam uh, is back. Yay! Yay, Adam. Adam no pun intended. Is back. Adam, Adam is back. I am Adam back. back. Yes. Uh, Michael Gelbart ably sat in last week to uh, fill the Adam chair, I guess we'll call it. Have uh, listened to it. I spit on that show. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I won't, ever, I won't even acknowledge Anytime it. Anytime that you want to say something, I do hope that you go... I submit to <laughs> you. Make a Michael Gelbart uh, <laughs> yes, gesture. Uh, but you're feeling better? I would like to change my answer of last night of whether I can do the show or not. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Quick, wa- be funny faster. I'm waiting for Vicodin to kick in and well, hurting from laughing already two times. <laughs> Adam, then I, then I get to say to you what I say to all our guests. We'll do the rehearsal, and then <laughs> in the second hour we'll record it, and you'll get out of here. Yeah, here. no problem at all. There you go. So, yeah, no, 10 days ago, someone had their fingers in my spinal cord. Yee. Isn't that weird? And he had surgery. <laughs> and I, oh, hey, oh, hey. Oh, uh, Yeah, but first I found myself in the wrong part of town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's hey! There you go. We don't have. We don't I have a feeling. Have a... Feeling that's going to show up again. I have a feeling it is. Yeah. Uh, well, excellent. Uh, we're all together again. We're here. We're Good here. To be here. But before we get too far along in the show, I think it's now important to up. set the record straight. <laughs> Move this. Anywhere our show might stray into factually inaccurate territory, we oh. want to. We want to make it right. And Lee's yeah. going to go over just what we're talking about in a little segment we call. Retractions. Retractions. Yes, Paul, thankfully we're not making too much of a habit of this, but every once in a while we do stray a little bit. And as anyone who listens to the movie guys regularly will know, we pride ourselves on our sensitivity to and appreciation of other cultures. Hear, hear. Yes, and we strive for the utmost in political correctness. Mm -hmm. And that's why we, unfortunately myself especially, would like to retract something that was said during last week's show while we were previewing the new George Clooney, Sandra Bullock movie, Gravity. Oh, let's play that. Yeah. Has there ever been a black astronaut? A black or not? A black oh astronaut. Oh, my God! What's <laughs> <laughs> that? Uh, yes, black or not. Even now, when I, even now when I hear it, I can't believe you said that. It hurts my ears and my heart, I gotta be honest. Uh, and we did get a lot of letters to yeah. the movie guy's uh, mailbag, and the switchboard, of course, lit up like a Christmas oh, of tree. Course, yeah. um, so I would like to take a moment to set the record straight. First, my sincere apologies uh, to anyone who was offended. But in my defense, okay, I was just simply <laughs> trying to make a play on words, uh, in the vein of the great ac- black exploitation movies, uh, which oh, ev- eventually became yeah. known as black exploitation films. Oh yeah, well, we call them that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but do we call them that, or do they, they call, call them yeah. that? They I are like, called that. All right. Do that machete voice, uh, the voiceover guy. They called him Blackstronaut. Yeah. So <laughs> that's all I was doing is trying all to make right. that kind of association. I think you know the more popular um, uh, Blackula, uh, Black Caesar, Cleopatra Jones, Black Shampoo, <laughs> Black Belt Jones. Okay, we get the point. That's okay. great. Right. Thank you you so, can launch him into space, <laughs> but don't take away his lady. <laughs> Coming this fall. See, I'm, I'm avoiding all that right now. All right, He's all right, being right. Good. I'm in the middle of a retract. He's just mocking yeah, yeah, voiceover sorry. guys. Go you ahead. don't have to retract that. <laughs> I didn't make Goof any. on voiceover no, guys. Continue. So continue yeah, apologizing. Right. I, didn't, I didn't make any grape Kool-Aid slash tang jokes. That's oh. what I'm saying. <laughs> you, oh. can, you don't take his tang. So of course again my apologies and I and I hope that nobody's feelings were hurt. I was simply trying to movie guy the situation. I so. wonder if astronauts were offended. Is that how movie guy gets used as a verb? 
I think so. Actually, you know, we have a trailer <laughs> for uh, we have a trailer for Black Renut. Oh, believe what? it or not, I know you were like thinking you were goofing, but it's actually a thing. Oh, Maybe you weren't excellent. so far off with your idea. I'm the one that killed Monday, whooped Tuesday, put Wednesday in the hospital, called up Thursday to tell Friday not to bury Saturday on Sunday. I'm the one that had the elephants roosting in trees and all the ants wearing BBD. From the first to the last, I give them the blast so fast that their life is passed before their ass has even hit the grass. So, Lee, was that all you had to say? <laughs> um, no, unfortunately, Paul, there is a, a, another retraction. That wasn't uh, it. <laughs> no, uh, it, it, seemingly the show of cultural insensitivity continued during our last week's show, and the, mm. specifically the preview of Gravity, when our guest, Michael Gelbart, decided to do this imperson- impersonation. Mm. Okay. Black astronaut. Maybe we should stick no, around. Hasn't. That sounds like an early, uh, like a 1999 movie with right? like Method Man and Red Man. <laughs> Astropot. They get I a spaceship. It, I it was some going to be some Astropot. Yes. They get it. Okay, so <laughs> I don't even think he made that hand motion when he did. He that. didn't even submit to anything. <laughs> yeah. um, so, in in Michael's defense, I would just like to say that. Um, <clears throat> Well, actually, there, there is no defense no. of that. Um, actually, Michael did say this later in the show. Oh. Does any of this get edited out? Because I did the voice of a black guy. That I, I, no, I've been but re- we leave in your reprieve. <laughs> yeah. I deeply regret the black character that I portrayed, uh, but he was in a movie where he's smoking pot in no, space. Exactly. Right. Right. Okay, well, it's, it's all contextual. There, there you, you go. go. Okay, I so. don't even think you can smoke pot in space, can you? We will find out, Adam. All right. No? <laughs> hmm? Hmm? Well, Michael Her? meant no offense or insult, and it was all obviously in good fun without any malice or intention to demean or degrade. So on behalf of Michael and the movie guys, we're sorry again. Good. Yes. I'm glad yeah. you take the reins on going through these legal issues. Keep the ship straight up. Yeah. All right, yeah. excellent. So uh, is that it? Is there anything else? Uh, we're done here, I hope. Right. Paul, you know as well as I do, the comedy rule of threes wouldn't allow us to stop there. Yeah, you can't do two things. <laughs> no, there no. is indeed one more retraction we need to issue, and this is probably the most egregious and insensitive thing ever to occur on this show. We didn't have Paulie Shore as a guest, did we? Oh, no. Okay. Oh, worse. Oh, worse. We forgot to mention Jamie's birthday. Oh! Jamie's birthday? Shut up! Jamie's birthday, everybody! Well, we have to retract not mentioning that. Absolutely. I take it back or give it out. I don't know what I do. I know. Jamie, our board opera, for lack of a better word. She's a key part of the show. Let me read what I have written. It's heartfelt. (laughs) Not only does she help the showcast sound good every week, but she is herself like an in-time retractions machine, hitting us with facts when we're getting them wrong for instant repair of our good standing in journalistic integrity. Uh, I I have actually one example here of some of her finest moments. Here we go. Leon Bluford. (laughs) <laughs> Leon Bluford. <laughs> what was that one? Leon. Oh, it was uh, Leon. last week. Leon Bluford. <laughs> Leon Bluford. You know what that sounds like? Was a black like? astronaut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she shouted that out and kept us on track with that the show. That is hilarious. Yeah. In the, during the show. While in the show. Saving us from having to do a retraction on that. Classic. You That's know what that sounds Jamie like? Right Maybe there. with her here and I will do fewer and fewer of these retractions. Do you ever watch, oh. um, uh, it's a ghost story show where they go and they do uh, investigations in houses and they have all these phony Maroney guys that go in and pretend to like take measurements and readings. I don't readings. think that they want yeah. you to think they're phony Maroney. <laughs> but they have something called EPKs. Yeah, it's like in Ghostbusters, right? EPK yeah, meetings. Is it something? EPK, yeah. In, or, or Which they've totally taken from Ghostbusters. Maybe it's EPK. Oh. It's, it, what they do is they record <laughs> audio, and then the audio playback is, Oh, did you hear that? 
He said, I'm going to kill you. Play it again. And so what they do is they put a subtitle on the screen, and they force you to kind of hear. They slow it down enough and then speed it up at this point. So what did she say? Leon Bluford. Oh. There's a man with a blue car outside. No, try it again, Paul. I think she's uh, saying she's going to kill us all. Leon Bluford. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're on the roofer. Uh, we're on ro- roofies. But thank you very much, Jamie. Happy birthday. All right. And thank you, Lee. Uh, housekeeping is over, and it's time to talk about our first film, a movie. Let's talk about movies. Yes, for all the right. Enough astronauts. <laughs> this and is a movie for audiences who love a gripping astronaut. true story and who love uh, when SEAL Team 6 shoots people in the face. Yeah. Mm. Captain Phillips. Karen? I'm your captain. I'm your captain. Yeah. Oh, I'm feeling Captain Phillips tells the exciting real-life story of the merchant vessel Maersk, Alabama, which was taken over by Somali pirates. Not to be confused with the real-life story of every Carnival cruise ship that's been taken over by Salmonella Plates. Wow. <laughs> nice. Oh. Do you want to do that? that? supposed to have? Oh, oh sorry. Let me do that. Let me do again. Salmonella Plates. Thank you. Wow. It's I, in everyone the at the audience must go watch the YouTube video yeah. to watch Lee so insistently pointing at Rimshot. And I was like, and he was doing it so passionately, I was like, did Paul skip a whole page? No. Just you know Rimshot. Rimshot. In the cue list, that's where the Rimshot is. But I went ahead and got it for earlier. Well, that's I why I said, it. I think it's going to come back and I didn't want you to lose it. Here's the problem I'm your captain's like a 10 minute song. Oh. And if I, you know, I, I'm busy pulling the volume down on that and I turn the volume down Here's on Here's something the, else that's awesome. Is that we all know Adam had surgery and he's trying to stay in the show and he's like, just let's get through it. And now we're all like fucking around going, do it again. Start <laughs> <over>. <laughs> Make it longer. All right, anyway, Captain Phillips. Yes. Captain Phillips. Mm. Captain Phillips. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> and of course, the daring rescue by SEAL Team Six, who once again redefined essential government employees. Tom Hanks plays Carl Hanratty playing Captain Richard Phillips. Knock, knock. Who's there? Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> it's fun to hear him swear, I think. Hanks is so good at playing the everyman role. Every man who gets attacked by pirates, that is. Now, with Academy Award winner Hanks as the captain. <laughs> I thought we were being sticky. Oh, now we are. All right. Uh, with every Academy Award, with, with Academy Award winner Hanks, it's like, I'm flustered. <laughs> Hanks is involved in this movie, so the film is sure I to be- can say it for you, Paul. Who gives a fuck about this movie? <laughs> oh, wait a second. What? Oh, no, no, continue, continue, continue. Oh, continue. here we Paul go. Greengrass. For the love of God. I know, I know. I'm wearing my born <laughs> outfit. Anyway. You are. Uh, with outfit. Hanks as the captain, the film is sure to be recognized in award season. In fact, Captain Phillips- Captain, my captain. Has already won an award for least exciting title for a movie about pirates. <laughs> There's a lot of behind-the-scenes talent involved in this project, including the Hunger Games screenwriter Billy Ray. Looking good, Billy Ray! Nice. <laughs> Director Paul Greengrass was chosen Perfect. to direct Captain Phillips. Oh, captain, my captain. Because of his ability to make audiences seasick in his other movies, <laughs> United 93 and The Bar Ultimatum. <laughs> Attributes the success of shaky handheld camera styling to the director of photography, Michael J. Fox. Too soon. Where's the department of too soon? Paul gave me options. Michael J. Fox or Muhammad Ali? You know who could (laughs) kick my ass? Muhammad Ali. I went with Michael J. Fox. Could he? (laughs) Yes! Several actors in this film are making their American movie debut, including (laughs) Barkhad Abdi, who plays the villain Muse, Hmm. and Barkhad Abdi Rahman, who plays the evil Bilal. Now we've 
Never met either Barkad, but we suspect that back in Somalia, Barkad's Abdi and Abdi Rahman have this Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling thing going. <laughs> I love me some Abdi. You mean Abdi Rahman. That's what I said. Barkad Abdi. No, Barkad Abdi Rahman, the emaciated guy with the gun. That's who I mean. Skinny Barkad Abdi. That is not helping. Ah. There you go. Theater. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Theater you very of much. the mind. Of the mind. I like that they're in a field with that cricket you hate, which we have for free right here in the studio. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> ah, if only you could get him to do that on cue. All right. Meanwhile, mm. in space. <laughs> in true Hollywood form, this movie is based on a book, which means we waited for a book to be written about a true life event that happened only four years ago before we could make the movie. Sounds more prestigious that way. Mm. The film's title comes from the, re- the, re- the real Richard Phillips book, A Captain's Duty. <laughs> <laughs> Somali pirates, Navy SEALs, and dangerous days at sea. But considering that FedEx pretty much sponsored Hank's castaway, clearly they missed a great marketing opportunity by not changing his character's name to Captain Morgan. <laughs> Here's another film that's going to have to build real suspense. Out of the story, where we already know the ending. Hanks ends up on a deserted island with a volleyball companion. With Zero Dark Thirty and Captain Phillips, historical fiction films are creeping dangerously closer to the present day. So join us next week when we preview Oliver Stone's Crack in the Debt Ceiling. Hey! Hey! USA! USA! Shot pirates in the face. Uh, I blame this on the writing. In, I, in so far that we actually write jokes. I know. How dare we have a script? Good jokes couldn't read them worth a shit. Oh today. my god. Sometimes we're sleeping 15 hours a day. <laughs> I actually do. I know. I, I haven't taken a muscle relaxer. What's, what's going, going on? I have an aisle. Might I say that it kicked in? So the end of that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> we will have mux, muscle relaxers a note for to the viewers, entire audience. Yeah, note to viewers at home. Just uh, email us and we'll send Mike those out to you. Just in time to preview Machete. Okay. Oh, I do want to see this movie though. I can't oh, I'm wait. to see the shit out of We're seeing it Friday. Right? Yeah. You kidding me? You're going to see it? Yeah. I love this kind of stuff. I love this when it was happening in real life. I love when people are capable of doing their jobs really well. There's something really great and amazing about SEAL Team 6. It's just so exciting. Yeah, they're almost like mythic heroes at this point. You know, like, yeah. oh, another tale of like, you know, like, like the Batman. ancient warrior or yeah. something, you know, like another tale. Yeah, they were of, mentioned yeah. by name in the trailer. So make no mistake, folks in America, you're coming to see another- It's a Mac Bolan yeah, adventure, <laughs> right? Exactly. It's so cool. Another team, SEAL Team 6 adventure where they're kicking ass. Because you want to have heroes, and it's so hard to have a hero in this world, and, and it's nice to know that there's those guys, hopefully. You, you know what the next movie yeah. should be, though? They should start doing SEAL Team 6 fan fiction and totally oh, make it like sh- Mac Bolan. Yes, style. that'd be cool. So what that Act of Valor was? Is that what that was? Did anybody see that? Yeah. Act of Valor? Oh, yeah, that was. Like the that real was warriors real thing. SEAL Team, right? Yeah. That'd be cool. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that was, uh, but it was phonied, right? But it was real. It was phony, yeah. but it was like, the, yeah. it was actual SEAL soldiers, but Blowing they were, stuff up. Yeah, but, yeah. They, but anyway. Yeah. Aren't those SEAL Team? Jamie can that is probably Team help six me. Fan fiction, you're right. She'll probably know better. Go Aren't ahead. these guys all just like these giant men? Yes, I they are. I thought they were huge. Go see um, uh, Zero Dark Thirty, and there's that. Se- I love this. That's scene. all uniform, man. They must wear fifty pounds of think? uniform. No, but there's that shot in Zero giant. Dark Thirty where he they finally go to the hangar and they bring out SEAL Team Six, and it is just 
20 of the biggest corn-fed boys from Nebraska in their square-jawed, and yeah. I'm but, like, we are going to win every war with these 12 <laughs> guys. But, like, the, <laughs> the main one was, like, a regular guy. He's on a TV show, right? Isn't it the guy from, like, the main SEAL guy? Well, probably the guy who had was lines it? was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, wasn't it the guy from... He was 5'2". He was a real actor. Well, for a while, yeah. they weren't supposed to mention who they were, right? Yeah. And then uh, they did after a while. But anyway, what's that, Jamie? But Jamie's I, checking yeah. us out. She's right there, going, "I'm going to see how tall the these guy boys from, are." I thought it was Chris Pratt. How much? Yeah, they weigh? that's it. He's not that. He's not a huge guy. No, yeah, he's like kind of a regular guy. But once they put all the, I mean, that that SEAL uniform that they wear with all the armor and shit like are that. Are you man, saying they're, they're, the SEAL team is all just doing eighties? That's oh, Joel Edgerton. Eighties. Right. Joel Edgerton. Yeah. yeah. What are those things called? Yeah, shoulder pads. <laughs> so they're right up there with like. They're pulling a total Nora Michael Dunn. Keaton. Michael Keaton, Batman. That's the total pull there, right there. That the outfit was the yeah. muscles. Oh. The Who else muscles. was in that, uh, Jamie? Leon Bluford. Leon Bluford. <laughs> he was one of the uh, SEAL Team Six. Remember that guy? <laughs> oh my God. He's a real important guy. We wanted to, we wanted to do it for that for that retraction. So we wanted to do the best of, but it would have been too hard to find of it. Which is just every time you're like, uh, 1943. You know, that's <laughs> Pratt. I know. <laughs> 90 million domestic. 90 million domestic. Yeah. Karen, it was. Actually, uh, it was John, John Candy. Candy. It was a silent movie from 1921. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, that was another one. Yeah, right. D. Butler. Yeah. D. Butler. Yeah. D. Butler. I was trying to follow. I, sk- I skimmed through that one, too, and I couldn't find her. Best time of in. Jamie Yovington. <laughs> We're just going to have to get more money, get a bigger board, and put a mic right over there so she could just take over and be like, let me read that. So All right, here we go. She Baba Booey into the show. <laughs> Baba Booey. Um, well, let me give some, because we really do like a what's new on video segment. But um, if you don't know what to watch, go and see all of Paul Greengrass's previous films. He doesn't make bad ones. Bloody Sunday, great film about the Not start of the it. IRA. Yeah. Uh, United 93, I one of the best a, films of the last 10 years. I can't bring myself to watch that. Fantastic movie. Green Zone with Matt Damon, great underappreciated film about the Is that Iraq the one where War. that soccer? <laughs> I, no, 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 right. no everybody Get gets that. their own rim shot. Get no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna make uh, little and buttons. then, of course, uh, Paul Greengrass directed Born Supremacy and Born, yeah, Born Ultimatum. Ultimatum. The two good ones. I'm taking yeah. a picture of that. He's wearing really his, he called it his Born Paul Greengrass has a movie outfit. coming out. I have like favorite directors. He's probably one of my Smile. top five. Yeah, with Alexander in. Payne, these guys just don't make bad movies. Yeah, no. And, and this movie will, will probably Instagram be a nice, lean, you know, hour 40, and it'll just be the events we want to see. I, I don't want to see who Captain Phillips is married to. I don't want to see. I don't either. I want to see the adventure. Uh, yeah, that's it. I, you know, I just want to see the the stuff we're going to see. But I think that would take up the entire runtime. I, I I want to see it. I don't know. I like movies with Tom Hanks in them for one. I think he'll do a great job, especially like you said, playing every man. But um, also, just that whole world is fascinating. This country is so poor that the only hope you have is to go against this giant boat and hope that you can get in there and take the money or something? The, they're not taking over the boat, right? Because what I'm do they curious, do with I it? I actually am curious to find out their, their reason. A I don't know. smaller reason. You can't take... You, those things are huge. They're the, bigger than those cruise ships. Yeah. Why does Mel Gibson want to blow up the world in Machete Kills? I'm going to find out I this weekend in both those movies <laughs> what's going on. I think we all know why Mel Gibson wants to blow up the world. <laughs> because <laughs> there's, you know, yeah. undesirable. They live there. I'm just saying... <laughs> Uh, but this, uh, but this guy Smallies. makes sm- <laughs> continuously Smallies. smart and fascinating movies. I suggest you see his entire right. career's worth of films. Paul Greengrass. I'm probably going to watch the rest of Breaking Bad first. Okay. Oh. Uh, next up, we have, here's a phrase you thought that 
you'd never hear. Sure. Next up is the latest <laughs> film in the Danny Trejo franchise. <laughs> it's called Machete Kills. Now, Machete Kills is opening this weekend, and that brings us to another round of... Guess what it's about! So, let's take turns and try and guess what Machete Kills is about. Lee? A guy with a machete kills. Okay. Karen? A guy named Machete Kills. Mm-hmm. Adam? Uh, a guy named Machete Kills with a machete. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> You're all Breathlessly right. waiting for You're some recognition. Right. We're all <laughs> no, but right. This is the first time we played the game where everyone is right at the, at the same oh, time. Okay. So yeah, you, God forbid pretty we, exciting. we do that whenever we're doing the live show at Second City and we had to memorize stuff. That would have been a lot easier to and memorize way, this one. If, if you're just tuning in for the first time, we're keeping score through the entirety of all three years of our podcast. And I don't think we have the current score totals, but we've been keeping no, here, score since actually, the very first podcast. Right? I, I, can, I can sum that up for you. It's a, You've never been right until today. <laughs> and now you're all right at once. We never In the name of comedy, you were always wrong. Uh, but, you know, there's not a lot of guesswork with this title, I suppose. It's like naming your movie Hulk Smash. Yeah, Here's a sequel we all saw coming, right? No, I mean, really. At the end of the first Machete, the announcer literally says that Machete will return in Machete Kills. And then in Machete Kills again... And, uh, well, so that was no bullshit, I guess. Yeah, I guess it wasn't lying. <laughs> Not since Supercop. What we need is a Supercop. <laughs> has a movie title so succinctly informed its audience as to what to expect from its lead character. Machete kills. That's what he does. <laughs> Here's a movie that doesn't know you can't do that. Machete Kills is a sequel to the movie Machete, which was the sequel to a fake parody trailer from the 2007 Rodriguez-Tarantino collaboration Grindhouse. And it seems like it was all based on an inside joke between Robert Rodriguez and a few of his friends or something. Machete, played by that guy, Danny Trejo. You know, that guy who shows up in hundreds of movies and each time you say, oh yeah, it's that guy. Basically, he's the Hispanic Vincent Schiavelli. Deep reference. Creepy guy from the train on Ghost. All right, anyway. Okay. Danny Trejo returns oh, that guy. as... Exactly. Oh, that, oh, that guy. guy. Yeah, okay. Danny Trejo returns as Machete an ex-federale, and the last man you'd want to cross. And once again, the character exists on screen entirely to be crossed so he can take revenge. <laughs> like the last machete, this one is this one is in full exploitation parody mode with so many tongues and cheeks as there are knives and heads. Just to let you know how closely this movie is steering towards hot shots, Charlie Sheen plays the President of the United <laughs> States, a role his father was born to play. <laughs> Only in the world of machete does it make sense that Charlie Sheen would be President. And Thank God that world exists. I mean, that would make one entertaining government shutdown, don't you think? The White House pay-per-view special alone would probably pay off the national debt in a week. It's enough to make the right-wing apoplectic. What with the U.S. president hiring a Mexican to save our nation from an Australian beloved by Christians? <laughs> Just like the original Machete, which starred Robert De Niro, Jessica Alba, Michelle Rodriguez, and Steven Seagal as the guy who's not in on the joke... Machete Kills brings together another cast that's down for not taking themselves too seriously at SAG minimum prices. 
Uh, the sequel stars Sofia Vergara, Antonio Banderas, Cuba Gooding Jr., and Mel Gibson as the bad guy. Hey, I'm sorry, I'm a child of the 80s. Mel Gibson is Mad Max, Riggs, Braveheart, and he's super talented in comedy, drama, and action. If, if I can make it past him being a crazy fundamentalist Christian, then I can make it past him being a racist. I mean, do you know how many racists you've watched in movies or CNN over the last year? Plenty. Mel just got caught. And Machete gives the American movie-going public another chance to mispronounce a Spanish word. Machete. Machete. There you go. Machete. I think we know what to do. Machete. I think we know what to do now, so there you go. It sounds really like you're cutting Machete. Honestly, it is a movie that... Machete. Now, yeah, if you're a movie fan and you like that movie, you're going to say it like that. Every time you say machete. the word machete, you're going to go, Machete. 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 Yeah, this movie just looks like balls out fun, right? Seen the Red Band trailer? No. I would play a clip, but they swear once in a while. But the visuals are you got to see arms it. being cut off and oh yeah, you know heads being crushed with. Well, cars in the last and... one, he pulled the guy's intestines out and used him to cl- rappel down the side of a building. Same shit. Oh God, I want to tell you what. Do you care if I tell you what he does in the trailer? Kills. The Red Band trailer. No, they go don't ahead. care. No, go ahead. He reaches <laughs> into a guy and pulls his intestines out, and then like. Throws the intestines at a helicopter, and the intestines get caught in a helicopter. Pulls a guy up, guy oh in a helicopter, explode into pieces. <laughs> That's fantastic. He doesn't cut a That's woman in half. That's gonna happen every two seconds. Of that, that old bit again. Uh, <laughs> yawn. I think that's what cinema was invented for, was visuals like that, yeah, right? Just get out of this movie's way. It's got shit to do. If you're in the way, just get out of the way. Wow. Oh, I can't wait to see this. Right, well, you know what? Uh, you guys have your Hollywood reporters? Oh, because I, yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I have sure. The... Why? Is something going on? Yeah. I have do we, special uh, do we have watch? the latest one that they all look different? I have the most current one. <laughs> I... I have the current one right here. <laughs> yeah. Have I one? have the yeah. one about uh, watches. It's the, one the current one. Came out most recently. Let me oh, give you the plot description for yeah, Machete, right, right about here for uh, the Impossible. That's uh, with Naomi Watts <laughs> and Hugh <laughs> McGregor. Yeah, I'm hearing that's... good things about Paranorman. <laughs> uh, How about yes. this flight? Mine's an Emmy yes, preview. Mine's about flight too. <laughs> Emmy preview. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a legendary secret agent is recruited by the president to stop a crazed global terrorist from starting a nuclear war. He faces an all-star cast of deadly assassins who can shoot arrows out of their tits and use their brassiers <laughs> as guns. <laughs> Machete pulls out the intestines and lops off heads in a bloody path to beat the bad guys. That's, that's the movie, more or that's less, right? right? That yeah. tells you everything. Now, uh, that's a lot of movie. It's the first in a list of over-the-top plot lines for Robert Rodriguez films. Now, since Rodriguez can clearly get any movie with uh, any asinine concept made, if he brings the budget low enough, we decided to see what other movies Robert Rodriguez had in development. And wouldn't you know, oh, is that what they were know? in Hollywood Reporter. Oh, page right? 12, right? So, yeah, oh, I see. Lucky. You're right. Well, good. Here's another movie uh, Robert Rodriguez is uh, oh, working on. Is. Yeah. Okay. Robert Rodriguez's Chainsaw Chupacabra. Oh. oh. Chainsaw Chupacabra. I like it. <laughs> An accident in a power tool factory in, in the small village of El Torito, Texas, leaves a mythical chupacabra <laughs> with chainsaws for hands. The only hope for the townsfolk are a team of crooked animal control agents, played by America Ferrara and Mario Lopez, who hunt the creature with rocket launchers attached to their wheelchairs. Featuring Brian Bosworth as FBI Special Agent Cuz. The budget for that, $19,000.85. I'd take two of those at that price. Sure. I like America Machete made like $40 million. It's entertaining and twice the price. Oh, look, I'm noticing here there's another uh, project in production from Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez presents Asses of Evil. Oh, wow. I heard that was coming out. Yes, starring Jennifer Lopez and Kim Kardashian as a special team of super mules whose butts are big enough to smuggle pounds of cocaine over the most tightly guarded borders. Mm. Mm. I buy it. There's no innuendo there. 
No. No, not at all. They are tightly guarded. Mm. And they're boarders. Yes. The cross, <laughs> they cross a local cartel after smuggling nuclear warheads in their cake holes into the town of El Pollo Loco, Texas. Oh. They have, they have to prove that they have more junk in the trunk than the local warlord who can fart grenades. <laughs> Played by Edward James Olmos, and Brian Bosworth appears as Crazy Uncle Insane. He did this for a budget of $14,500. Oh, wow. That sounds like it would cost more than that. <laughs> I think they did fart grenades in Desperado. He might be oh, reusing himself. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. anyway. That's how you save money. That's how you save money. I just noticed when you were saying that, I was noticing here next to this watch ad, Oh, <laughs> that uh, Robert Rodriguez's El Cucuy Loco <gasps> oh, is being Cucuy. talked about. Yeah, the legend of the Cucuy haunts a small family in the tiny village of Taco Bell, Texas, <laughs> kidnapping children in the night. It's up to the paranormal investigators, played by Michelle Rodriguez and William Zabka, to find out if it's actually the legendary Cucuy or just some lone nut kidnapping children. Featuring Jimmy Smith as the lone nut running around <laughs> kidnapping children. <laughs> And Brian Bosworth Ooh. as the voice of Kukui. Oh, yes. that's good. That's the budget good. is only $4,563.14. Man, uh, just keeps bringing him in less and less. 14 yeah. cents. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, down to the penny. I wonder what that, I wonder what that went towards. Well, I want to see that movie. <laughs> uh, you know, there's uh, boy, he's got everything in production here. Check out this one. Yes. Uh, what page is that on? That's on, well, it's into 13 now. 13. So yeah, it's start, a long It starts article. at the bottom there. Okay. Uh, Robert Rodriguez presents Montezuma's Revenge 3, The Courtesy Flush. Wow. <laughs> In the small town of the Burrito Hut on La Cienega, Texas, the spirit of Montezuma returns to possess a local ranch hand played by Luis Guzman after he reads an unholy incantation and orders a questionable beef burrito. Nothing can stop Montezuma except for FBI agents played by Emilio Estevez and Daniel Radcliffe who have been outwitted, who have been outfitted with bionic parts that have been that to spray uh, that with uh, Imodium AD blasters. Oh my goodness! Those bionic parts. <laughs> with Brian Bosworth as Ranch Durkin. No budget twelve fifty. Oh, I mean that's got to turn a profit, right? You can't even buy a burrito for twelve fifty. <laughs> All right, there you yeah. go. <laughs> You'll learn the craziest things from Hollywood Reporter, <laughs> especially ours. <clears throat> now, if yeah. we've learned anything else, uh, Rodriguez is frugal. Right. But speaking of frugal, yes, there are some let's not blow all the money on big names movies coming out this week, and we should discuss those briefly. So first, another Romeo and Juliet adaptation. Now, we looked at this during the trailer jam as being a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. they was listed up there with Machete Kills and Captain Phillips. I haven't seen a, uh, I haven't seen a trailer. I haven't seen a poster. This is not being advertised. I haven't seen it advertised at a bus stop. Nothing. Is yeah. there anybody in it? It was listed as nationwide. Uh, it has Haley Steinfeld, the girl from True Grit, who is now apparently kissing. And isn't that weird when that happens? When suddenly, oh, like, Dakota yeah. Fanning's kissing? Yeah. Now, uh, <laughs> the one thing that's kind of interesting is it's playing on Broadway right now with Orlando Bloom and a black Juliet. Hmm. Yes, is that Fel- right? Felicia Rashad's daughter. Well, if there's ever if there ever a story about forbidden love, I mean, you might as well bring that race aspect. In, exactly, right? I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, because yeah. uh, Felicia Rashad might want to keep her daughter from dating Legolas. But this one is not. It takes place in Shakespearean times, right? Yeah, this I doesn't was, do anything. Because I thought the rule was every other one you have to do a modern one, and then that and then that gets to be declared by the press to be a crazy new idea, right? Yeah. Right, because there was just a Shakespeare <laughs> performance done in a director's kitchen. Wasn't that recently? That, that was happened? Uh, oh, yeah, Joss yeah. Whedon. Joss so that Whedon. was the crazy version. So now we're going back to the time period and the actual dress and uh, the actual actors. Yeah, I was impressed could... that it actually did that. And I'm a big fan of Franco Zeffirelli's Hamlet with Mel Gibson. 
He just shot that. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. true. In, that's good. In, at, at a castle. That's mm-hmm. where it took place, you know, and all the old well, garments but, and everything. I love the Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, he updated that, he updated that, obviously, in time a little bit. But, yeah, Faithful to the Text, crazy. I had to put it in an afternoon to watch that whole movie. Yeah. I saw yeah. it downtown Chicago Yeah, when, yeah. It, when it played. So, but do we need another one? Do we need another I would think that if you're going to do I mean, something I mean, as daring on Broadway as the idea of race, why wouldn't you bother to do that in the movie version? Do something different in the movie version because you have this opportunity to reach such a big audience and maybe expand minds. But then again, I don't know how many racists are going to go see Shakespeare, so maybe it won't really make a difference. That audience that would learn something won't, won't. be Not, there. Won't so, be there. Yeah. Well, I guess they just have to do it every once in a while with young people for a new generation to watch that movie. Because even though the people in this are the same age they were as like in Franco Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet, kids now aren't going to watch that one. They'd need a new one with new kids that are their age now. Yeah, Olivia Hussey isn't yeah. exactly sweeping the nation. Exactly. But Douglas <laughs> Booth is apparently the next big deal. He's the, he's Romeo in this. Hmm. Hmm. But All right, well, well I like exciting. this. Uh, uh, <laughs> read the Paul Giamatti line. Oh, Paul Giamatti's in it, so I'll go. <laughs> Absolutely. Stellan Skarsgård's in it, so I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I will almost see anything with... I even saw Shoot 'em Up. I'll see anything with Paul <clears throat> Shoot 'em Up was great. That's yeah. a pretty underrated movie, I'd say. Yeah, it was, it was over... That was... That's a Robert Rodriguez movie. It if is. anything is. It is. All right, now also opening this weekend in cinemas and on VOD is Escape from Tomorrow, the indie film supposedly filmed secretly at Disney World and Disneyland. It's supposed to be a trippy like Kubrickian drama with a dark storyline about a man descending into madness when he takes his family family to the ultimate family destination. I can't wait to see this movie. Yeah, this is pretty exciting. This one guy was the talk of Sundance, right? And South by Southwest and, uh, and yeah. everything. I yeah. don't buy it. I'm being very skeptical. No, it's completely fake. You can't do this. You, you can't. can't. You can't pull this off. But, but they tell you the latest thing they and claim, then, and, then, and then be allowed to use Disney's, Disney's no font, way. and then be allowed to use Mickey's hand in the advertisement. And then uh, it's one thing to go shoot fake, uh, you know, on the sly to shoot at Disneyland. It's another to have your plot be about child molestation. Yeah, Isn't that what it's about? Doesn't he get like attracted to a young girl? Which and makes it all the more her? fascinating then if Disney was behind it the whole time oh. to soil their most pure exactly. asset. Exactly. The company that used to own Miramax made an indie film. You know, I, I'm not explaining how the CIA crazy. can manage to have a, you know, <laughs> this or that, but it's crazy that they would that they would allow this. Or, the, or the, of course the theory is that they shot it, then Disney got behind it. I mean, Yeah, but, but that, I didn't well, know it was about claiming. child molestation. That's really creepy. But what really happened, if, if uh, and, I, and I hope this is what happened, because I think this is even more brilliant than the other two stories we've just said, is that Disney had it produced, pretending that they had nothing to do with it, you know, and and this whole thing is uh, a fake. That's brilliant. I think that's brilliant. I think that playing it that way is more brilliant than even if the guy went and did it on his own at Disney, which you can't do because you'll get caught. The only acknowledgement caught. the only acknowledgement they've <laughs> given is on some wiki page of something where Disney said it's you know where everything Disney is listed even if it's like I think I I've been to this page oh yeah I've seen like, the trailer yeah Disney was a, a plotline in Big Bang <clears throat> Theory for this night or whatever a movie came out where they mentioned where where it's shot on property or something like that so that's it but they haven't. They haven't said we hate it. They haven't said we're stopping this from coming out. I mean, they show they the seven trailers. dwarfs. They show all kinds of the icons in the trailer. Yeah, Goofy's there. Mickey's there. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the lawyer from Disney had a press release, and they came out and they said that Disney is not going to fight it. 
Because if they fight it, people will go see it, and they just want it to go away. Oh, please. Oh. They could stop this movie in an instant. They're the most powerful corporation <laughs> that exists. They're more powerful yeah, I've heard than that. the government. I've heard that. Uh, but they, Jamie was saying that the uh, lawyers came out, and they said that they can't. They just don't want to give it more attention by fighting Of course it. they could stop it. They're Disney. Yeah, we'd like to stop this movie from being released and making a profit, but we just don't have enough lawyers. That's what Disney's saying. Fake, fake. They produced the whole thing. May I submit to you? Lee? <laughs> I, 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 th- I agree with Adam, and I have a very real-life reason why. Not known for being litigious Di- for their, with, Disney, their, with their properties, are Disney they? Disney is able to control <laughs> the weather. And I know this for a fact, because Paul and I worked on the Disney cruise ships for a year, and they know that people save all of their money to go on these trips and go on a cruise ship and they get on that damn ship and they want to lay out and get a tan and enjoy a nice, perfect weather. So Disney, we learned, they look at, see where they're heading to the Bahamas or whatever and they will move the ship however they need to, to always be in the sun because they will control the weather for their guests. Or do they move the clouds? They may move the clouds. I'm not sure. I think you're overlooking the most obvious piece of evidence that this is legitimate. Yes. It was shot in black and white. You know black and white, that thing you have to go through a lot of trouble to make your picture look like, because even a most basic 7-meg camera shoots in color. It used to be the cheap alternative to guerrilla film, but now you can't not shoot in color. So you think it was done on purpose because they had to... Yeah, they went back and they took all the color out of it and made it look like it was... Disney did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Disney controls the color and the weather. Jamie, who's releasing this film? What what studio? Oh, oh. I'd be curious to find out if it's not Walt Disney Company. But either way, I, I'm, they I'm won't going to say it. Touch child I pictures, guess, <laughs> I think. <laughs> no, I don't think. Is there molest? I don't know if there's molestation. In Bathing suit. I know, a guy, gets, no, I know a guy gets infatuated with like two teenage okay, girls. Okay, but it's but for a children. I mean, Walt Disney is obviously a children. I'm not taking thing. Your, your argument yeah. out because yeah, that, it's, no, but it's just it's content that. I can't imagine they'd want to see Sleepy and Doc and Dopey right there next to him. But you know what else is weird? Across from the El Capitan Theater, which is Disney-owned on Hollywood Boulevard, there is always a Jack Sparrow like guy dressed up asking for dollars. Yeah. I'm really surprised they haven't tossed that guy yet. Yeah, because they'll Across toss the Mickey yeah. right away. They'll get rid of Mickey and I think Donald Duck. That's a hard one, though. Donald Duck is... Because the only places in the world you can see those characters are in the parks or the cruise line or the Disney on Ice shows. That's it. Yeah, you're right. There's always a Jack Sparrow, though. Can't go anywhere else to see any. Although of those now there are Star Wars characters out there, and Disney owns that. That's true. Oh yeah, and they're they but have... they can't afford any lawyers for this indie film. That yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah okay. Will it be okay. good? That's Point. the next question. Will it be good? Um, After all this, I saw some of the preview. I thought the guy actor was kind of bad. Yeah, I had no problem with him. Oh, well, it's, okay. It's hard to say what this movie's really. I mean, yeah, it looks like it's got a bunch of cool visuals and stuff, and. Uh, I mean, if if it only if the only thing that's good about it is the backstory of how it was shot, then th- yeah, that's what that I ain't fear. Gonna, that that's ain't what I fear. Good. And it may have bad acting just because of the fact that it's an indie film. It's tough to get good people. That's true too. Maybe that's a sign that it is a real uh, gorilla <laughs> shoot. That's a good point. Disney's like, hey, we better put some bad people in there just oh. to, so we don't so we can have our fake anger later. Oh, that's so funny. All right, so that's it. Uh, oh, we got nothing. I can't so it's totally independently See? produced. Yeah. It's been totally. wiped off the just, internet. Just All right. A series of front companies. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're just laundering this movie like you do with with money. That's yeah. all they're doing. They're running it through uh, martial arts, uh, strip mall martial arts yep. places. And, yep. Uh, <laughs> and nail salons. <laughs> and, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm totally going to see it. Yeah, I'll see it. Um, and I hope it's good. So uh, that's it uh, for that's what's fun. new in theaters this week. Um, 
But uh, we're going to take a 15-second break and be back with our special guest for the week, Kristen Studdard. Oh, Talk comedy lovely, with her. The movies. One woman She's shows. like Tinkerbell. That'll be nice. She is. Uh, so she hang does. tight. We'll be back momentarily. When you wish <laughs> upon a star, make no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come to you. And we are back with our special guest. Time to nap. Is that the theme from Kristen Studdard? It's the <laughs> soundtrack to this uh, episode? Guys, <laughs> exactly. your dreams have come true. I there you think go. they have. Has you made a wish, and you did not receive a star, but you did receive a struggling L.A. comedian. <laughs> you wish upon You're a struggling a L.A. comedian. Yeah. There you go. You're, You're welcome. I'm here. That voice you hear is comedian, writer, one-woman show performer. Correct. We'll get into that. Uh, please welcome Kristen Studdard, everybody. Yeah. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for dropping by. Clapping. I like it. <laughs> so we were going to pump in some clapping. We often do that. Yeah. But oh. you got the you got I the got more the emotional, heartfelt. Right in your face, claps it from us. It felt nice. It felt nice. I, I'll take it. Guys, anywhere I can get applause, <laughs> I will genuinely take it. I am not afraid to request it at a grocery store <laughs> or from a stranger. Isn't that funny when you're a comedian, you're out and about, and you're just you're just yourself being super funny, even though you're at a Trader Joe's talking to just a regular person or whatever, but you got a really good zinger. You know, someone comes up and asks where this is or whatever, and I, I don't know, I don't have one prepared, but you know, you, you guys have this happen, mm-hmm. and yeah. you just come up with a really funny way of responding to that, and it just is completely not appreciated by that person, and you're like... I just, I just really gave that person. I was goal. with a better crowd. Like the wrong room. I'm playing the wrong room here. And there's the opposite thing. If you are temping and at a hateful desk job, you realize how funny you really are. You yeah. just because no one else is funny. They're all miserable. Doll is pissed. And doll, yeah. and you and just you say that something like, "That's what she said." And they're like, you are so funny. And oh, God. Yeah. But there's also always the guy in the office who they're like, you are going to love Jerry. Like, Jerry's so funny. Jerry's really, really funny. You do comedy. You are going to love Jerry. Get get over to his cube right now. You're going to love him. And you get there. And it's just like, it is literally his big thing is like, it's like, hey, Jerry, what's up? That's what she said. That's and you're like, oh. <laughs> And everybody around him, like, is standing up. Right. Like, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. 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 Quote office space again, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Quote yeah. office space well, again. Man, you should see it. It's like, Jerry, Jerry, he, he's seen The Hangover so many times. It's like, sometimes... <laughs> He, it's like, I think he is Zach Galifianakis. See, see, it's a grenade, and it says take a number. And then it's got a number on the pin. Uh, anyway, I got, I got loads of this stuff. Oh, boy. That's the one that That'll fell flat be. at Trader Joe's. <laughs> Next week, I'll have something new out on the desk just for yeah. you guys. <laughs> Clients don't come back here. This is for you guys. Yeah. Uh, so, Kristen, I'll, I'll, let's start some conversation with the way we do with, often with our guests. Ah. What's your favorite movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. You know, I really should have thought about that and really prepped it <laughs> yeah. and all this stuff. But, I, okay, a couple of on things the spot's better. about <clears throat> my movie watching. There are not many movies that I can watch multiple times. So if I were to gauge a movie based on, like, how many times I can watch it, I would say... <laughs> That's good criteria. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, it is. I... I, I, I 
I really would say that my the movie I have seen the most number of times, probably as an adult voluntarily, not like my family was making me watch it or like it's not the Christmas only the thing cranks, at my dad's yeah. house after my parents got divorced. That's Little Monsters. Uh, <laughs> I've seen that movie a lot of times because my dad owned one VHS cassette tape right after my wow. parents got divorced. I have seen it so many times. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, but I would say the movie as an adult that I have watched voluntarily the most is Zoolander. <laughs> Oh, wow. I have seen that movie a ton of times. I discovered it after it was out of the theaters. Like, I was living in Scotland, and I just bought it on VH. It was 2003. and <laughs> Could have gone either way. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was like we were still in there. Like, mini discs were still viable as an option for, like, <laughs> yeah. like the, the land before time at this point. But, uh, yeah, we um, – I and I bought it at a thrift store, and I was just like, well, I'll see if I like this movie. And I watched it a whole – I just – that movie, I can watch it every time, and I find something new to laugh at in it. You know what That's I mean? That's one of those ones. That one totally had a second life after it was out of theaters and just built up this huge cult audience that can all quote it and you know through and through I mean that's like a fletch for a whole generation yeah. of people no uh, I have a list of movies that I haven't seen that I keep adding to the, a movie I should see Zoolander yeah you should add it on my list yeah you should because it's Sometimes goofy I'm oh, suspicious it's, goofy. it's funny right. I was just shocked because I don't ben normally Stiller. go right. in for like a like a real you know I don't know. Just, I'm just not into like a ton of super goofball movies, but that mm -hmm. movie to me, it just like hit the right. So it was funnier than I thought it was going to be. And I was so shocked by it that I was like, this is hilarious. <laughs> like, to, uh, yeah. Oh, man. I, <laughs> I watched like the VHS commentary. There's like a commentary. It was like the. Like a dual layer VHS no, tape? No, 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 no. Like <laughs> after the tape ended, then there's oh, right, like right, a little right. behind the scenes oh, stuff. Oh, I gotcha. Same with the. Also, another VHS tape that had like a commentary on it that we had in college was Bring It On has its own. Oh. And the director of that movie just. I Peyton mean, Reed, I think I what? know that. Well, look wow. at you. Wow. But just, Bring It On's a funny movie. Bring actually. It On I mean, is a very a really funny good director movie. Again, him, so. one that I just normally wouldn't be like, ah, oh, I don't know. But rewatchable. Rewatchable. Like yeah. high rewatch value. A lot yeah. of high rewatch value. And the value. thing about Zoolander is that's one of those, and I know my friends who like Cable Guy. Now, Cable Guy is one of those ones that not a lot of people realize is super rewatchable. Like some people just watch that and moved on. But I had a group of friends who very can quote almost every line of Cable Guy. And But it's just sort of our secret. It's kind of funny. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, what, it's what Lebowski was for only a year. It was like, oh, that's that thing that we like. And, oh. uh, you know, but then it, it's, it's as if Cable Guy exploded with that. But Zoolander sort of maintained that sort of like everybody had rediscovered it on VHS and knew, started knowing all the lines and stuff. Never watched it. Never thought about it. I love Lebowski, hmm. too. I also super love um, Best in Show. Yeah. Yeah, that's, those are very that rewatchable. That is a really rewatchable movie for me. That's one that you really get into. When I, I did this comedy competition, like... In 2006, probably, and it was every week we had to do a different challenge, and so like this oh, is impress these apes, impress these yeah, apes, which yes. is kind of with the great Steve my Gadlin solo comedy career. Yes, exactly. <laughs> with the Chicago's own Steve Chicago's Gadlin own and Shark Tanks now, <laughs> and Shark Tanks Steve Gadlin, Earth's Steve Gadlin. Yes. Wow, he's a really, really goofy guy. He's so funny. A lot of original crazy ideas, and one of his original crazy ideas was, how about I start this game show where I get eight contestants? It's an eight week competition it, nobody gets dropped there's no like nobody nobody drops out get voted out but nobody yeah nobody's yeah. voted out but the scores are cumulative and every week they get a different challenge they have one week to prepare it and then they are judged by three judges <laughs> sometimes four but the, um, but the judges are 
Superior apes with from the high future. intelligence from oh, the future. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it's and it's called Only Impress These Gadlin. Apes. Like it's it was totally bizarre, but the show I mean changed my life. It was a live show, or television? <laughs> yeah, it was a live show. And then they, as the seasons went on, they I think they're on like their eighth season right now. I was it was in a the stage. second season. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It was a stage it's crazy. production. Uh, and people would come back week after week oh, to see yeah. what was going on with the apes. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. no, would, Steve knows how to do it. Good for people him. would pick their favorite contestant and just come and like support you and stuff. And one of the challenges that we had to do the um, third week, so you'd have to do like write a song about yourself and uh, play a musical instrument or do stand up with a puppet, which I had to do. Um, <laughs> oh, the challenge was you have to do stand up with a puppet. With you a have puppet. to fit a puppet you into have to your make act. Make a puppet. Oh, that's hilarious. And. And also do stand up with it, um, and this was I had never done stand up when I did oh, this wow, show okay. at all. Um, I had never done any comedy other than improv and a little bit of like solo performance writing, but this was like busted my world open. Oh, that's awesome. But one week we had to reenact a scene from our favorite movie. And I reenact, I was down between doing the one where uh, Parker Posey is freaking out about the bee, the toy that's not yeah. a bumblebee, oh, yeah. like, mm-hmm. this oh. is not a bumblebee. <laughs> it was between that or what I ended up doing, which was um, from American Beauty, the scene where Annette Bening has a total meltdown um, in the house, where she's like, oh, I will yeah. sell this house today. Yeah. I will sell this house today. Oh, God, and then yeah. she starts crying, and then she slaps herself <laughs> while she's crying. It was so fun. I, like, had, I bought, like, a suit you know like a power suit from a thrift store and like i installed blinds in the theater at io oh, in chicago oh, wow. and i like you i mean i had like a whole thing and then it's at the end i just like burst into tears and slapped myself across the face a bunch of times Fantastic. it was a really fun so i guess maybe and you didn't you- win I did win. Oh, you did win. I, oh, okay, yeah, good. I won. The, I won overall that week. I didn't score that well, actually. From the apes. Well, apes, the apes don't like yes. that kind of thing, apparently. Yeah. Who are these apes? They are other comedians. They're like people yeah, who from did play the, the apes. It was, um, and they dress like apes. Yeah, they. Well, no, they dress. They each had a character. They still do. Like Barry Shirley is the kind of oh, effeminate. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's uh, Steve Gadlin. Is he plays this kind of like? Oh God, what's the guy from the Match Game? Uh, oh, uh, uh, Gene Rayburn? Gene Rayburn. Or Richard Dawson. Or, not Richard Dawson. Charles not, Nelson Riley. Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> I'll go through them all. like a Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> wears like a little scarf mm-hmm. and then a half. They all wear half ape masks. So they have their own mouths. Okay. But they wear them like up at top. And so, and then he would wear this little wig, like a little like, you know. Bob Car- Carol wig. Channing Bob. From, and <laughs> then and so Barry Shirley. And then my year, then there was Captain Apab, who was, <laughs> he would wear, he had a pipe and he was a sailor's hat and a big uh, pea coat and then his ape mask. And he was the one who was like the gruff sailor. And I have to go see, I have to fly and go see this show. It is such a fun show. It's worth it. Well, and it's also brilliant. it's become, it was the most creative Creative time of my life. Like I, I mean, it was eight weeks of nonstop terror and stress. Mm-hmm. But at the end of it, I came out of it with like so much material. Well, no number doubt. one, and yeah, this awesome. like confidence that I can do you this. You really can throw anything at me, right? Prior yeah. to this, I was so. I mean, prior to doing that, I was like, well, I just do improv because you know, I I like knowing that other people are out there to support me and stuff. And then <laughs> after this, I was like. Fuck that. Like, I can do whatever I want on my own, and then all the credit is mine. And also, if it's terrible, it's all my fault. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold you accountable. Yeah, it's like, it, 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 it did. It was so motivating to know that people were watching every week, too. And then they would post the videos on YouTube. So then my family was watching. My friend, I had some friends who were living in Australia at the time who were watching. They would, like, wait for the videos to get posted. She would watch all of them and then call me and be like, Kristen. 
how did this person get a higher score than you this week? <laughs> and how did this happen? It's like drama. It's, it's so fun. It's so genius to bring that reality contest show to a stage, but have it on the web and everything. He was... Yeah, uh, Gadlin's pretty amazing yeah. with this. And nobody gets voted out. So if you stink, you're going to stink every week. Oh, yeah. Every week. That's well, even oh, better because yeah. it gives you more of a chance it to gives, try. And they also did That's a thing. That's true. You could come back from nothing. Because mm-hmm. the first season, like I was in the second, but the first season, someone had scored low. She was in the she was in eighth place from the first week on. And by the end, she was so far behind that she did her finale. Like, your finale, you could do whatever you want. The challenge is just impress these apes. You could do whatever you want. <laughs> and for her finale, apes. she just wrote this really great, hilarious song about how she can say or do whatever she wants because there's no chance she's going to yep. win <laughs> and stuff. But they kind of took that. I think they took that to heart that year. And my season, they put in some wild card shit where, like, the lowest scoring person every week could pick a challenge. Like, they would pick an envelope, and then there would be a challenge, like a mini challenge in it. And if they did it successfully, they would get – it was worth a certain amount of points that they could win or lose. Oh, great. And so so it kind of, like, gave them more of a chance. But it also, in some ways, could reward you for – screwing up that week because if you did terribly and then you like there were weeks where the person who had the lowest score ended up with the highest score because of a mini challenge and uh. that was also making all of my friends so angry and they were like <laughs> and that person didn't even do the challenge right and then they got 10 points for something stupid like they've it's like a it's like a fine-tuned thing you know what i mean and now what and what was the story you you might remember uh although this might be the year before you ran it but wasn't there an impress these apes where the final thing the guy got a tattoo of oh, impre- that was the it, year that I judged. That was the year okay. afterwards. Okay, was the year after you. Mm-hmm. When that, you became an ape. No, just oh. when you win the show, you come back for the finale and you are the extra judge. So oh, it's okay. the apes and you It would be great to be an thing. ape, though. <laughs> I wonder oh. how you get to be an ape. That'd be so fun. Oh, it was awesome. I was terrified, too, also of judging people, though. That was a thing where I was like, I've been where you are. Like, yeah, no, Alan Matoski did an amazing okay. thing where he came out, he did this whole video about getting a tattoo, and then he came out and on his back in giant old English script, it said impressed, question mark, and it was red all around it, and he walked up to it, and I was just like, Alan, you're in, se-, like, the, my comments were, Alan, you're in seventh place. <laughs> like, I don't know what would possess you to do this <laughs> kind of thing. And, like, we all... Everyone on the judges panel believed it was real. And then we found out like later that night after the show ended that that it was that he had faked us all. Which I think makes it better. It makes it better. So great. That was also the year that James Asmus did what I think is one of the best finales in history with the fake marriage proposal. The, oh. Is this your card? I mean, it was a that that year had two of the best finales ever. Oh, wow. That's it was awesome. really good. Now, after that, did you then start working on one woman show? That is, that's like kind of the um, that is kind of the segue into how I ended up doing what I do, which is I realized when I was in that show, like, oh, I can do this, and I had some material, and some of it was. And I don't people. need other people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and also it's just hard because when you're working with other people, you are beholden to you know their ideas number one, but also like. In some ways, working with other people, I think, is great because you are accountable to each other. But at the same time, sometimes you can let each other flake. You know, you can also be accountable for letting each other off the hook all the time. And so for me, it was like, 
I can only work if I have a deadline. And so I knew like, I kind of, I like, after the show ended, a couple months later, I went through a really big breakup of like a three-year relationship and I just needed something to do. And I was like, I contacted James Asmus. Do you know him? He's out here now. He writes comics. Okay, I feel like He's I know the name. great. He, and I had contacted him. He's a friend of mine. And I had said, you know, I... I want to write a one-person show. Are you interested in directing me? And he was like, yes. And he's very he was very good at like giving assignments and like he was That's just cool. it, he was really really awesome and helpful. And then and then he moved to LA <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the process and then I just booked a date. I like booked a theater and was like, well, if I don't get this done, then I mean, I have to. There's no oh, yeah. out for me. So that was it was a, that and I had some material that I kept from the show. And I knew kind of what I wanted it to be about my first show. It was called Small Victories, an Unflattering Vanity Project. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I kind of knew what I wanted it to be about and kind of like how I wanted the arc to be. But it was also really scary because to say to anybody like, hey, come listen to me for 45 minutes. Like, that's a real bold statement. I know. Like, you better not be boring or have nothing to say or be... It's a lot of pressure. It is. Well, and also, you know, like, I've sat through some shit-ass one-person shows, and I've been like, why? It's such a motivator, Why are isn't it? you putting me through this, you know? Their therapy a yeah. lot of the oh, time. Oh, God, exactly. no, thank you. <laughs> like, just, I mean, and I don't care. Like, I will watch your therapy if it's entertaining. You know what I mean? But do something interesting. I guess that's my biggest, like, thing where I was like so scared that what I was going to be doing was going to not be entertaining but it turned out it, it, it went well so I yeah. was happy what's your with what's it. your most recent one called it is called it could be worse it could be worse everything's right. great and yeah. I can't stop crying <laughs> <laughs> um, that's like the parenthetical afterwards yeah it and that was like I wrote that before I moved here it's about moving to LA kind of like that's the framing device yeah, that I use, and the the but you you break out of the convention of a one woman show. Almost every every movement in that is yeah. because you do the what, what's the thing you do with the audience? I've I saw the show, but you, where you have the audience uh, respond to oh, the, the slides. Yeah, so I do. So a there's a dialogue between where the audience. The and audience the... plays Los Angeles. So the show opens with me kind of like saying, "Hi, I just moved here, and I need you guys to help me." thicken my skin and then I have a projector projecting words onto a screen and I basically train the audience like okay whenever something comes up on here you guys all just say it in unison okay are you guys ready and then they all do it um and you know a a lot of it is really insulting towards me (laughs) and like mean like they're yelling really mean things at me at certain points and I'm acting like I didn't expect it I'm like wow like this is really hard you guys that hurts to hear you know um and so yeah throughout the show it's about them kind of like judging what I do you know like I'll do and then I'll then I'll do like a character or I'll do a bit and they'll be like that wasn't very so, good. So, <laughs> you know, and like, and it is, I mean, I like what I have in the show, but it is, they're like real hard on me. And the, also the process of the, of the show, the new show is the, another device of it is that I'm auditioning for the role of myself, <laughs> like in this show. And so, and like, they keep telling me that they've seen enough. They're like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, but the character's name is Kristen Stuttered. Like, I really think I can do this. And they're like, no, 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 no. We've seen enough. It just doesn't sound natural. This is the audience. Yeah, this is the audience. But like, they're saying it, you know, it just doesn't sound natural. You're just not right for the part. <laughs> <Has there laughs> Please ever, leave. Has there ever been a one-man show that's made a good movie? 
Like, I know they filmed them. Like, Jonathan Demme shot some Spalding Gray. Oh, yeah. Spalding Gray is the, the swimming in Cambodia. example, right? Yeah. But were they... Talk radio? Talk radio was expanded quite a bit when Oliver Stone made it a film. Plus, I think there were other actors in that oh. play, too. Just they didn't do much. Mostly Bogosian. That's but what I uh, Yeah, I mean, Eric Bogosian had the one-man show that was... Fa- and John Leguizamo did, like, one-man shows, Yeah, too. but wasn't yeah, the, the John Leguizamo one was, like, a, just a tape of him Yeah, it's like Broadway, a concert right? movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spicorama, that one? Yeah. It, yeah, and his other one, too. Uh, Those what are was more it called? Like, Liar movies. or... Que Fuego. I can't remember yeah. what it was called. <laughs> que Fuego. I que think Fuego. It was que when I came out here to do my show the first time, though, like I did my last show, Small Victories, out here at the Comedy Central stage, and I did it at IO once, like last year before I moved. Um, and I was like hustling my ass off to get people here, and I was not doing great at it. And then, then once I moved out here, it's like being in people's business like being, being the, yeah. and also I've been able I was like once I got out here I was like you got to start building up that building up that cachet of like you go see people's shows yep be known as someone who goes to see people's shows go to their show so and then, wear your schadenfreude shirt that's so always then. been the rule <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how we got through Scotland oh man <laughs> you went to as many shows as you could always wearing your schadenfreude shirt <laughs> you guys did Edinburgh we did Edinburgh I lived there for uh, nine months jealous. it was awesome was I loved it only been to Europe twice, never met an asshole. Have we? I don't think, I don't think so. so. Mm-hmm. Hey, you got to be careful. Yeah. Uh, never met an asshole. I just, yeah, yeah. They're but there. I mean, they're, they're probably there. They're oh, I thought there. you said never been an asshole. No, never met an asshole. Because I'm like, I'm <laughs> always aware of, of Americans' reputations when I'm overseas. And so I am the nicest American this they've ever met. Please, thank you. Please, thank you. Please, thank you. Bush years. Yeah. Bush years. Yeah. As well. Oh, so I it know. was like, People would often assume I was Canadian. <laughs> well, did, that's okay. Did you wear the yeah. pin? Some people wore yeah. the Canadian flag. I, I mean, pin, it was. A, say, I was. Hey. I was. I mean, I did my my. I just wore a poncho made of a Canadian flag, but like people just assume I was Canadian. <laughs> I don't know why. What happened? Uh, what was that all about? Yeah, but no, people would say because you have a sense of humor. That's why they would assume that I was Canadian because oh. they think that Americans take themselves really seriously. You know, there's a lot of Canadian uh, comedians who I really love. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're looking into like Dan Aykroyd, people like that, John Candy, David Foley, Martin Short. Yep, yep. Well, Michael and J. also Fox. Canadian comedians mm-hmm. were really big. Jim Carrey. In uh, Mike Myers. Uh, Mike Myers. We could go on. Gilda <laughs> Radner was right Ryan on the cusp. She could have been. John Either Candy. One. Michigan. But a lot of the comedians over there, they come from... Uh, Billy Connolly. From like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's actually, if you flip over any picture of Sean oh, Connery, Sean Connery it's, it's Billy, Billy Connolly. Connolly. <laughs> uh, in, the, in the UK. Oh, but the, the, like whose line? Most of like a lot, most of the people on that show were Canadian, you know, the British version yeah, of yeah. whose mm-hmm. line is it anyway? And so I think they think of Canadians Ryan as being really funny. Colin Mocker. Well. Mm-hmm. All right, let's All right. Uh, let's play a quick game of this. What, what, what did you see? What did you see this week? There you go. That's I our forgot new. that was the new theme. <laughs> I'm new like, what is this? Updated disco version of what did you I see like this week? It. That's awesome. Where yeah. I put to the table, yeah. what did you see this week? Well, before we get hit by this plane that's Airplane. flying over. It's only appropriate that a space shuttle should be flying overhead because I think we three of gravity. us here saw gravity. Yeah, yeah. saw gravity. I don't want... I'm going to throw this out there to the group, but um, when I went in to see the movie, I only knew what I saw in the preview, which was Sandra Bullock was breathing Or they don't tell you anything in, in that space. preview. And that's all I want people to know, so I'm afraid yes. to talk about it. I don't want to ruin it for somebody. Well, now, does she scream and get lost in space? Because if not, then that trailer's lying. She does. <laughs> okay. Is George Clooney I, in it? Because if not, then that trailer's lying. But that's all I want people to know, and I know that's horrible, because how do you talk about it? But you can talk about it if you want. I'm just saying. Uh, I will say it's a bit masterful. I mean, Alfonso Cuaron is uh, 
incredible filmmaker. I mean, he has his thumbprint all over that thing. We were talking about it yesterday, right? He wrote... Was it you I was talking about this with? No. He wrote... <laughs> Somebody that looks someone like Someone went him. over the credits that he's attributed to on that movie. And he... I yeah. mean, it's his movie. And to have succeeded the way he did, I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, I... It, I Collaborated with people, and you know, what is it? Success is it the whole experience? Is it? Is it? Is it? it well, grab you, know, you and lift for sometimes you. Sometimes when I go, damn you, three D. This the three D is really essential. I think visually, it is a beautiful movie. Uh, I think the script is a little thin. I did not. I there oh, were some oh. eye roller lines for me in there. Some real like really kind of moments I had uh, oh. there. You this know. coming from a woman who likes one woman shows. I know. This exactly. is a one woman show in space. <laughs> this is all I'm one saying. One woman show in space. But, you know, like, I don't like, I, there's just a, li- the, a few things about it were kind of trite. Like, I wish they had been a little deeper. You know, because I feel like visually the movie is so uh, nice to look at and I really, and I thought the tension building was good. Oh, yeah. Unreal. The tension was you amazing. Know. It never ends. God. Mm. Yeah, and I yeah. thought, you know, yeah, exactly. Oh, there were some really like and just fucking cool things to look at and just like think about and mm-hmm. you know the vastness of space and everything that I wish that they hadn't I feel like they kind of opted out of building real characters as far as like I think they they I mean again I don't super want to get involved you know especially if you haven't seen the movie guys I'm so sorry you're saying it's <laughs> it's masterpiece pedigree comes to a larger degree from its visuals than it does from its characters. Yes, in my opinion. To put it generically, I guess. Yeah, well, I think Sandra Bullock's fairly well-rounded. But then other than that, you don't have many other characters. you got Houston calling in. People might not know that. Yeah, it's it's but it's phone booth in space is how it's it's promised to us, right? <laughs> yeah, or open water, right? Or open water, <laughs> yeah, open water in space. I guess I just feel like they kind of um, they went for uh, to like they telegraph. Um, a lot they use like shortcuts or like shorthand for like oh she's like this because of that you know, like, oh, like, you. like, you know what, what I mean? And, wow, this uh, is such a random, co- this is such a funny conversation. <laughs> yeah. I see what you're saying. I know what scene you're talking about. <laughs> and, or like, you know, can't say anything. Well, and Too also, much you know, right. you know yeah. and, and he's like this because of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the role they play for each other. And it, they, they, I feel like it was very kind of like 2D in, the, in, in a movie. How wow. interesting. Yeah. 3D. There you go. I felt like the characters were well, a little this 2D. Hopefully this isn't too much of a spoiler, but I was actually pleased that they never went back and did flashbacks. Am I giving too much away? Uh, to establish they what stay all the in characters the moment. there in the oh, moment. I, stay I, in the I, moment. I, I agree. Good. Absolutely. That would have been a huge yeah. mistake, I okay. think. No, so that, I would have have, that would have fleshed yeah. out the characters a little more, no. but I'm glad they didn't do it. But me too. Yeah. But I mean, I'm all, I'm, I, I mean even just not making it such an easy A to B of like, mm-hmm. oh, that's your one thing that you're about. <laughs> Right. You know, or like that's your, you know, and and I got, I understand that in a movie we have to, you know, use a certain amount of shorthand for characters. But the movies that I think are the best are the ones that insinuate it. And this one was a little oh, overt. Want to go into detail? Want to go into detail? Now I do week. know. I, I read um when because I, I didn't want to read anything about it. But then I knew when, also I knew absolutely nothing, yeah, I still know nothing. and that this helps. I think. It. It but was. the advertising campaign tells you nothing. And it's I really think that's smart. well done. And also. Um, I think this is one of those movies that is, I mean, social buzz is just it's like unanimous. Like, oh, everybody masterpiece, loves masterpiece. this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Earth loves this movie. Yeah. Yeah. From what you can tell from the ad campaigns. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, Rotten Tomatoes I mean, at 98. featured prominently in it, so yes. like, it would only make sense. It's vanity that it's Earth all, loves this movie. It so all much. goes back to vanity. It's 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, it wasn't wow. a John Patrick Shanley script, but you know, it was. I think that was uh, certainly John Patrick Shanley wrote Gravity. No, I said it wasn't oh. a John Patrick Shanley script. <laughs> so you can, but I think you can give it a pass based on every other asset that has going for it. And I also think it's totally one a, a theater movie, which I'm oh, so glad wow. to see. Got oh, to see yeah. it in the theater. That's really true. And I'm not a huge fan of 3D or even things that are floaty. Like when I saw Apollo 13, is that the movie mm-hmm. in the theater? I had to go in the back and sit on the floor because I was so seasick. And this movie accomplishes making that a reality without making you sick. So you can actually enjoy watching it. And I think that's the combination of the 3D, being in the theater, and some new techniques that they made. I love when movie makers like James Cameron, they say, I'm going to do this. And there's no technology for it yet. (laughs) And then everybody goes, how's that happen? That doesn't happen. And then they make the technology, and then you're going to be able to see that technology in the future. It's just whatever they had to make, I don't want to get into it, they did it so that that would be believable. Super cool. I I really... I, and I loved kind of the, I thought the costuming was really good I thought yeah. it was like, you know what I mean it kind of like had an alien feel to it a little bit mm-hmm. at times like I, I I enjoyed it I really did I give it a solid like 9 but I just I can't go to 10 uh, on a movie <laughs> can't go to 10 on a movie that has a cringe worthy line in it like a big major cringer to me there's like I was like, like no there's a catch for Avatar yeah. will, will yeah. never be able to escape the name of the rock they were looking for oh. Right, yeah. the uh, oh, unobtainium. Right, was, yeah. it just can't escape that gravitational pull of no. like eh, it's not that good. brilliant no. movie. A nine. Why? Well, yeah. they got the, uh, One they word. Unobtainium. <laughs> it's it's enough, guys. A ten should really be perfect. Oh, ten is no country for old men. Where I'm saying what? Yeah. That's what oh, I. That, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's why I say some movies. I'm like, oh, that's in my top fifty, and they're like, that's not really a compliment. I'm like, do you know how many movies there are? <laughs> like, it's oh, in my top fifty. Bazillion? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And All right. A podcast called The Moving. Yeah. I know, right? Hello. <laughs> well, let's thank multi instrumentalist Kristen Studdard for being on the show. <laughs> We're talking Thanks, comedy. Guys. Thanks we for having me. Is this her playing Alphaba? This is, well, Gravity? No. Oh, yeah. I just thought she was in the Wicked. You, I, All right. I mean, I feel like that's believable. <laughs> We, we Let's look Wicked. for Crystal Stutter yeah, oh <laughs> on tour with green. Wicked. Yeah, just check me out. I'll be, uh, I'll be in Wicked. You can find my whole schedule at hellokristen.com. <laughs> awesome. Oh, hey, let's plug uh, the next time you're going to be at The Nerdist. Do you have a show that's monthly oh, there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, on November, first Saturday of November, I believe it's November 4th or November oh, 2nd. Uh, I will be, uh, I host, I co-host a show called Three Truths and One Lie and is a storytelling show where four stories are told. One person is lying. You don't know who. You get to vote. It's very fun. Yes. And it's at the Nerdist Theater. And it's at the Nerdist Theater. Which is the coolest venue going on. Yes, November 2nd, Saturday, November 2nd 2nd at 9 p.m. You can also follow me on Twitter at Kstud. At Kstud. That's it. All right. And we'll be back in a few minutes with Karen's birthdays. Thanks, Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and we are Woo. back, and we're going we to end the show. As, uh, as we often do, with uh, turning things over to Karen for her weekly celebration of those who make the movies. Karen! All right, here we go. I, I don't know, I got, this is a huge bunch of birthdays, so I better get going before Adam passes out. All right! <laughs> Let's start off our birthdays this week by wishing a happy birthday to Hugh Jackman, who turns 44. Ooh. 
Awesome. He was born a small Ackman in Australia, and now he's a huge Ackman here in the oh, States. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, do I have to wait for the, the Ackman? No, I I'm, Okay. Paul, I will. Why I'm going you? to give Paul credit for that. We were in some sort of store, and Paul goes, oh, he was born a huge Ackman here. I'm like, okay, and I wrote it down. Huge. I think it was when we were in Target buying my shirt. But anyway. <clears throat> he is quite the song and dance man, first starring as Gaston in the Australian national tour of Beauty and the Beast. Curly in the made-for-TV movie of Oklahoma. Jean Valjean in Les Miserables, who earned earned him a Tony nomination for Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role. And he was nominated for a Tony for his work in the Broadway musical The Boy from Oz. And it was announced that in 2015, he will star as P.T. Barnum in the movie The Greatest Showman on Earth. And I was just wondering if that would be anything like the musical Barnum, because I love that show. It has great songs in it. And also it says he's going to be doing, he's going to star in the X-Men Days of Future Past. And I'm not sure if that's Andrew Lloyd Webber or Stephen Sondheim, but <laughs> it doesn't really matter who wrote the songs. I'm definitely going to go see that. So that'll be nice. I always thought there's not enough dancing in Wolverine. <laughs> I, I, I think there should be, be more, more, more yeah. dancing, a little more frolicking maybe. Yeah, frolicking, not mm. enough. Uh, more showgirls. Oh, definitely. High kicks. I want to see so Wolverine high kicking. Because yep. I live forever. There you go. You'd be great in that. Oh, so sad. I want to see the Adamantium w- Blues. <laughs> I want to see Adam's one-man show, Wolverine the Musical. Adamantium Blues. Start growing your, t- your fingernails and toenails. All right. Does wait? Is his t- are his toenails long too? Shall I no. pop my no, claws? Okay. Shall I hold them in? It's actually his bones. Ew! Oh yeah. lord. Okay. Next up, let's wish like a happy a birthday. Finger to boners. It's like boners out of his hands. <laughs> Friend of the show, Guillermo del Toro, who turns oh, 48. Right. Yes. Personal friend. Personal he appeared on the show. It's true. He appeared on the show. the show. He can direct anyone from Hellboy to Pale Man. Wait, I, I got to back up. Yes. He's 48. 48. He looks older, doesn't he? How old he? was Jackman? 44. 44. Hmm. God, I suck. Go on. <laughs> you look great. Oh, shut up. All right. Uh, you're younger than both of them. Yeah, you're doing you're great. Right. I, there I, you go. I'm There's gonna, some positive news. I, I know. <laughs> I got eight years to catch up. I have to, to say, it doesn't matter. You're still younger than they are. According to IMDb, Mr. Del Toro has directed Pacific Rim, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, Pan's Labyrinth, Hellboy, Blade 2, The Devil's Backbone, and produced Puss in Boots, Boots Kung Fu Panda 2, Rise of the Guardians, and Mama, just to name a few. Yeah, those eight years are going to be packed. By the well, way. no, you, you, hey, it's, you, you one foot in front of the other. Just start with Kronos. There you go. And then boom, and then you're off. Then Mimic, well, and then, you know, keep, yeah, yeah, a, you keep going. That's perfect, because i I got to say, other than the fact that Mr. Del Toro either produced or directed these movies, what else do all of them have in common? Uh, can I have the list again, please? Just take a stab. Uh, you haven't seen right. One. I've never <laughs> seen one of them. It took me three minutes to read them all, None and I left some out. In mimic. I. All right, so I see at least about one movie a week, sometimes as many as three, and I've never even accidentally seen any of his movies. I am just guessing that me and Mr. Del Toro. Backbone. That's the one for you. <laughs> We are very different people. <laughs> I'm saying we probably couldn't hang out. Paul said that we probably could hang out because he's very cool. Oh, he would love him. He I, is the most I, I just, more than he would love his movies. I, yeah. I just uh, just say that Hugh Grant has never appeared in any of his movies. I checked. I went to IMDb and there's no Hugh Grant. No it's Bill not, Murray. No Bill Murray. Oh, he was in Mimic Two, which uh, Del didn't do. <laughs> no Lyle Lovett. But no Lyle Lovett. The one. No Julia Roberts. No Sandra Bullock. But there's well, one thing that uh, he that makes crap. Mr. Del Toro did teach me, and that's how to say Guillermo. Guillermo. I like saying it. It's fun to say Guillermo. 
Gary of the Bull, right? Is that what that translates? <laughs> the Guillermo. I don't know. He seems cool, but I don't get us. Anyway, let's wish a happy birthday to America's sweetheart, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Who turns 43. You were still oh. younger than him. Oh, you're right. Thank and you. And he can play anywhere from Oscar winner for his goodwill, his writing and goodwill hunting to being a bottom in Behind the Candelabra. <gasps> oh. We all know that see, Matt you Damon. We'd have yes, to go do that. You don't maybe. have to do that. <laughs> Did we see his Matt bottom? Damon. Uh, not enough. No. In. Uh, I never have seen enough of his bottom. I could take some of that. You know what I'm saying, right, Jamie? I do. Okay. We all know that Matt Damon is known for playing Will Hunting and Goodwill Hunting and Jason Bourne from the Bourne trilogy. But did you know that he turned down the role of Ennis in Brokeback Mountain? Oh. He said that he knew? regretted turning down the part. But at that point in his career, he couldn't follow up a gay movie, The Talented Mr. Ripley, and a cowboy movie, All the Pretty Horses, with a gay cowboy <laughs> movie. <laughs> Typecast. Awesome, now, isn't it? Granted, I am late to the party, but yes. his name was Ennis? Ennis. Ennis? Yeah. Ennis? Ennis? No, not Ennis. Well, I'm not the you first. get that country accent, you get his anus. I'm the first one to come like to that conclusion, right? Can't be. That's got to be intentional. That's got to be. No, Every third grader that saw that movie. But I he mean, was the top, from what I remember. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who's counting? Uh, so he's been able to be a top and a bottom. And lastly, Anus. let's wish a very happy birthday to Chevy Chase, who turns 70. Now, you oh. look definitely better than Chevy Chase. Thank you. <laughs> but he can play anywhere from a young, know-it-all, smart-ass asshole on SNL to an old, know-it-all, smart-ass asshole on Community. I just want to open this panel up to everyone here. Have you ever walked out on a movie? <sighs> no. Yes. What I movie? think I brought that up. Career opportunities with Frank Wiley and Jennifer Connelly. Oh, Jennifer yeah? Connelly? You walked out yeah. on Jennifer Connelly? Yeah, I, it might have been good, but I'd just seen The Doors, and I thought The Doors was fantastic, and I just went to go see The oh. Doors again. Oh. That's not a good follow-up to The Doors, yeah. Yeah, and so I'm like, <laughs> I'm going back into The Doors. I went back into The Doors. I've thrown my hat at a movie. Shut up. Summersby. Oh, you didn't like Summersby? Oh, God, I Took off your cap. Uh, threw it. I maybe even <laughs> left it there. Was that Knoxford? Was that Knoxford, Ohio? That's when they came out. Did you throw that at the Princess it was Theaters? Summer. I think it was summer. I was dating a girl, so, so it was at home in, oh. in Cleveland. Yeah. Were you showing off, throwing your? I can throw yeah. my hat. This is how much I know about movies. This one sucks. <laughs> Adam, have you ever walked out? I don't think I have. I told you the story of Ultraviolet, which threw me out of it. Oh, that's was, right. I, I, I kind of thought about walking out, and then the film burned, and it actually threw me out of it, which was awesome. For I all the better, yeah. have only walked Still out. I don't of, know how that's. I've walked movie out of ends. one movie, and I'm embarrassed to say it now because it's a great movie. And I don't know what I was thinking. I walked out of Funny Farm, and it's, uh, it's got Yellow Dog. What? I don't get what you were thinking I before don't know. we met. I would have stopped. That. I know. Well, I, I do have to say, I remember the first time I saw that, I was expecting a lot more sort of ha-ha Chevy Chase type stuff. Maybe that's And it, it really did does settle down into like its own mode, which is really good, and it's a yeah. really, really good movie. But at the time, I, I kind of was like, well, this isn't the Chevy Chase movie I was quite it looking for. It wasn't Fall off of ladders, but when that town no. has to pretend they're super yeah. Christmas yeah. town, exactly. it's hilarious. It's very good, but I just wasn't ready for it, but I was Yellow ready. Yellow Dog. For Yellow my... Dog doesn't know what town he's in. <laughs> doesn't know what town he's in. I love the mailman, too, because we had that mailman. Crazy psycho mailman. Uh, I love the dog that runs away before he can name it, so they don't yeah. know what to shout at it. That's such a funny joke. Yeah. They get a dog, they bring it back, and then he just it starts just running, and they're like, oh, he sure loves to run, doesn't he? <laughs> hey, they, hey, 
Dog, come back. They hadn't named it. I just thought that was a great And they see him again later, just just a flyby in in the distance. Still running. But even though I walked out on that that movie, I never could bring myself to walk out on my favorite Chevy Chase movie, which is The Three Amigos. So Mm. I just wanted to uh, give us a a little taste of some Three Amigos as we say happy birthday to all of our birthday people this week. One for each other and all for one. The brave amigos are we. Fighting together and everyone. Oh, guys are better oh, than me. By the way, this, this was originally supposed to be called Three Caballeros based on the Disney cartoon, but Disney wouldn't let them use it because they've got a bunch of lawyers. Anyway, right. Escape from Tomorrow brought to you by Disney. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Independent people who aren't what? Disney at all. And that wraps another movie showcast. <laughs> Together we are the movie guys. I love a good movie conspiracy. Individually we are. Follow us at Twitter at the movie guys and on Facebook.com slash the movie guys as well as YouTube and all the other stuff that's out there. Thanks to Kristen Stuttered. Go to HelloKristen.com. That's Kristen with an E to find out what she's up to. Thanks also to birthday girl Jamie Clark Elvington. Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show. And, of course, you can find everything we're up to at themovieguys.net. Thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) High five on that one. (laughs) Nailed it. I kept cheating. That was great. Hit this one. What? (laughs) You can hit it. Just grab your pants.